0: You may be seated. Good morning. We're changing it up a little bit, as you've noticed probably, and we'll get into that as to why in just a minute. Uh, My name's Aaron, for those of you I have not met yet. My assumption is that not many of you write letters very frequently. We use email or we use the phone to communicate. It's not like some historical records around here, around the Civil War or the Revolutionary War. Imagine the letters that are sent around New England during those periods of time, of the events that have taken place. One of my daughters, Madeline, from time to time will get a letter in the mail from one of her friends from California. Madeline does not have a phone. She doesn't live close to her friends. She doesn't have social media accounts to keep track of the things that are going on. The only way for these two girls to communicate is via letter. And I realize the stamp prices have gone up again. But letters, they're a great way for people to communicate. A great way for friends to maintain a relationship. And so, as we were finishing up the book of Genesis, the thoughts came to the elders that maybe we should do a shorter book. Maybe we should do something from the New Testament. Maybe we should do something with not a lot of stories, that we just finished 50 chapters of stories in the book of Genesis. And so, the thought came to the elders of why not a Pauline letter, and we chose Philippians. So that's where we will start our next series. And Philippians is a great letter describing a gospel partnership with this joyful church that they have with each other as they bear witness to the world around them. If you want to turn to the book of Philippians, it's on page 1164 in the Pew Bible. So letters, they are logical. Letters follow an argument of thought. They have an introduction, and then they have a body, and then they have a conclusions. And the letters they teach and they instruct. They're a form of communication, as we will see, between two friends, Paul and this church. And so before we consider this letter any further, would you join me as we pray and see what the Apostle Paul would have to say to us today in 2021? It's an old Anglican prayer. Father, what we know not, teach us. What we have not, give us. What we are not, make us. Amen. So Philippians, what do we need to know about Philippians? If you go to the letters of Paul in your Bibles... It's the sixth one. So you have Romans, First and Second Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, and then Philippians. And in case you didn't know, the order of which those Pauline letters are ordered is longest to shortest. So let's start with some of the who, what, when, where, and why questions of the book of Philippians. So who wrote Philippians? We'll look at verse 1. It should be up on the screen. Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus. So Paul, we will see in chapter three as he describes himself, as what some would call back then, the perfect Jewish man. He followed the law perfectly. He hated Christians so much that at the time of the early church, he was a murderer, going house to house and killing them for not following the Jewish customs. This man, as we'll see today, is like what we might see in the Middle East, someone who would go and murder Christians for believing the things of the Bible. He was a zealot for the things that he believed were his view of God. But in Acts chapter 6, he was converted. He was on his way to Damascus, and Jesus literally knocked him off a horse. He blinded him, and he told him that he would no longer be his enemy. In Acts chapter 9, Jesus is speaking, He is going to be my chosen instrument of mine to carry my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel for I will show him how much he must suffer for the sake of my name. And so Paul's life was forever changed. Eventually, Paul would plant this church in Philippi on one of his missionary journeys with his friend Silas and with his other friend Timothy. Paul knows who these people are that he's writing this letter to in Philippi. He was friends with them and he loved them. This letter was written about 25 to 30 years after the events at the end of Jesus' life, in His death, His resurrection, and His ascension. And Paul is writing, as we'll see in the text, from prison. More than likely, it was a prison in Rome, at the end of Acts, when Paul was there, and the book of Acts, in chapter 28, finishes. We see Paul refer to a prison guard in in Chapter 1 of Philippians, and Caesar's household in Chapter 4, which is why theologians think he's in Rome. Like my daughter probably wrote lately to her friend, Hey, it's Madeline. It's cooling off around here. The leaves are starting to change colors. There are circumstances surrounding the writing of this letter. Circumstances and context is important. Getting cooler and the leaves changing means it's fall. Getting warmer and leaves changing, which means they're growing, is spring. Context matters. And so this letter was, as we'll see in chapter three, was carried by this man called Epaphroditus. He was an emissary from this congregation in Philippi that this congregation sent him to give gifts to Paul, and Paul sends him back, and he begins to share about his own affairs, the things that are going on in his life, but also an opportunity for Paul to address some of the things going on inside this church in Philippi. In this letter, Paul will remind them of the fact that they are a new community in Christ. In Acts, we see both Gentiles and women being significant people in this church and will have an important impact on how we look at the text ourselves. Most importantly, we will see that the gospel of Christ is of utmost importance. It leads to their generosity, as Paul will say, their loyalty, and a life of sacrifice. One of the reasons for needing to write these things was because there was misunderstandings or distortions happening within this church. And so Paul, as this letter, loves to lay out his gospel doctrine. He starts with what is true about God and what he has done for them before he calls them to a gospel culture or a lifestyle in light of the truths of the gospel. In verse 2, or still in verse 1, Paul says that he is writing to the saints in Christ Jesus at Philippi with the overseers and the deacons. Paul writes this letter to the Philippians, to the entire church, and he specifies it's not just to the saints, but it's also to the overseers. Another word for elders and their deacons. It's everyone in the church. Like someone writing a letter to us here at Cornerstone. And so coming out of our membership series, this will be a good book. It's going to be good for us. And like we talked about last week, Paul here again starts with humility. He refers to himself and Timothy as servants of Christ as he sends this to all the saints. So who are the Philippians? Philippi is like Boston, maybe, for us who live live in New England. It was in the middle of a very large valley, was easy to travel in and out of, which maybe maybe causes you to think it's not like Boston, because the roads are terrible, but lots of people live in Philippi. And there's a plethora of different cultures that have settled in this valley, in this area. And the town of Philippi has a significant name. It's in Macedonia, and it's named for Philip of Macedon. For those of you who know your world history, that's the father of Alexander the Great. So think about renaming the city of Boston after John Adams or JFK or sports heroes like Larry Bird, or David Ortiz, or Tom Brady. That's the significance of the name of this city. Those names are hard for me to say, being from California. But the city of Philippi was a proud city. I have a map. I'll show you where it is in northern Greece. The big star, if you didn't figure that out. The Philippians, they were a prideful people because they know where they came from and they thought they were important. Paul will go after some of this thinking when he talks about their citizenship being in heaven as opposed to where they live in the town of Philippi. I think we as Americans need to be reminded of those things from time to time, that our true citizenship is in heaven. And based on this diverse culture in Philippi, they have this Roman culture has infiltrated this city, and it has a significant influence. Philippi would have had many options of religions. Many cultures would descend upon this area, and that's why there's many Gentiles in this church. But it's still important that their citizenship in Philippi for them was more important than anything of their previous cultures and finally we see some major themes first and foremost the gospel Paul talks about them participating in gospel work in chapter 1 and chapter 4 defending the gospel in chapter 1 the advance of the gospel in the world but also their growth in the gospel Christ's work The Gospel, which is the good news that God saves sinners through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus, was of utmost and central importance to this letter to the Philippians. And chapter 2, as many of you know, provides one of the best descriptions of the person and work of Jesus that we have in all of the Scriptures. Because of this Gentile church, Paul doesn't reference any scripture from the Old Testament. There's no passages and referencing of the Apostle Paul of the Old Testament because the audience isn't primarily Jewish. It's a mixture of Gentile and Jewish. And there are references and in, 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 um, echoes of the Old Testament in the text, but there are no direct quotes. And this is, in some sense, a missionary letter, a thank you letter, and some of you get those right, maybe even from Josh Ratton, who was here a few weeks ago. Here's what's going on in Uganda. Here's how our family is doing. Here's how you can be praying for us. And thank you for your generosity. And many of you know the, the book of Philippians because of the word joy. Joy is referenced 16 times in the letter, and it's on purpose. Paul wants us to remember that there is joy in the Christian life. There is joy in growing in godliness. There is joy in a loving community of God's people. There is joy, church, in enduring to the end. There is joy to bearing witness to who Jesus is and what He has done in the world. And so that's it for this morning. Just kidding. 1 Timothy 4. Paul sending his letter to the elder in Ephesus, his friend Timothy. Until I come to you, devote yourself to the public reading of Scripture, to exhortation, to teaching. Hebrews 4, the pastor reminds their people of the importance of God's Word. For the Word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of the soul and of the spirit of the joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and the intentions of the heart. Paul also reminds Timothy in 2 Timothy, 3:16 and 17, where all Scripture is breathed out by God and is profitable for teaching, for, for proof, for correction, for training in righteousness. That the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. And so, friends, you do not need more of my words. We need God's Word. And when Paul sent the letter to the Colossian Church, the next letter in your Bibles, he said this in chapter 4, verse 16, to share this letter with the other churches and encourage them to have it read in front of everyone in the church. And when this letter has been read among you, have it also read in the church of the Laodiceans and see that you also read the letter from Laodicea. So I'm going to read this letter for us this morning. I'm going to read it as a pastor would, as... Paul would, as emphasizing the words and the thoughts that Paul would want us to emphasize as we hear and we respond from this point forward, the best sermon in the history of this church. So feel free, follow along in your Bibles, look up, close your eyes, however you want to listen to the themes, the ideas, and these words of God. Church, hear God's voice. Ask the Holy Spirit to apply the text to your life in my reading, and let's worship in hearing God's words. May these words from Jesus encourage us in Revelation chapter one. Blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy, and blessed are those who hear and who keep what is written in it, for the time is near. And so may we be blessed, church, as we hear these words of Jesus in Philippians. May we keep them, and may we be encouraged by them. As, our Paul, as Paul says in our second verse this morning, grace and peace to you. So, Philippians 1. Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus. To all the saints in Christ Jesus who are at Philippi, with the overseers and the deacons. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God in all my remembrance of you, always and every prayer of mine for you all, making my prayer with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. And I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion in the day of Jesus Christ. It is right for me to feel this way about you all because I hold you in my heart. For you are all partakers with me in grace, both in my imprisonment and in the defense and confirmation Of the gospel for God is my witness how I yearn for you all with the affection of Christ Jesus and it is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment so that you may approve what is excellent and so be pure and blameless the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the Gospel, so that it has become known throughout the whole Imperial Guard and to all the rest that my imprisonment is for Christ. And most of the brothers having become confident in the Lord by my imprisonment are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Some indeed preach Christ from envy and rivalry, but others from good will. The latter do it out of love, knowing that I am put here for the defense of the Gospel. The former proclaim Christ out of selfishness, selfish ambition, not sincerely, but thinking to afflict me in my imprisonment. What then? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is proclaimed, and in that I rejoice. Yes, and I will rejoice, for I know that through your prayers and the help of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, this will turn out for my deliverance. As it is my eager expectation and hope that I will not be put to shame, but that with full courage, now as always, Christ will be honored in my body, whether by life, or by death for to me to live is Christ but to die is gain if I am to live in the flesh that means fruitful labor for me yet which I choose I cannot tell I am hard pressed between the two my desire is to depart and be with Christ for that is far better But to remain in the flesh is more necessary on your account. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and continue with you all for your progress and joy in the faith, so that in me you may have ample cause to glory in Christ Jesus because of my coming to you again. Only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come to you or I am absent, I may hear that you are standing firm in one spirit, with one mind, striving side by side for the faith of the gospel, and not frightened in anything by your opponents, This is a clear sign to them of their destruction, but of your salvation. And that from God. For it has been granted to you that for the sake of Christ, you should not only believe in Him, but also suffer for His sake. Engage in the same conflict that you saw I had and here that I still have. So, if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and any sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being of full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility, count others more significant. Than yourself. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but made himself emptied himself by taking the form of a servant. Being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed upon him a name that is above every name. So that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now, not only in my presence, but much more in my absence, Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who has worked within you, both to will and to work for His good pleasure. Do all things without grumbling or disputing, that you may be blameless and innocent, children of God, without blemish, in the midst of a crooked and twisted Generation, among whom you all shine as lights in the world holding fast to the word of life so that at the day of Christ I may be proud that I did not run in vain or labor in vain even if I am to be poured out as a drink offering upon the sacrificial offering of your faith I am glad and I rejoice with you all likewise you also should be glad and rejoice with me. I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you soon, so that I may be cheered by news of you. For I have no one like him who will be genuinely concerned for your welfare. For they all seek their own interests, not those of Jesus Christ. But you know Timothy's proven worth. How is a son with a father He has served with me in the gospel. I hope, therefore, to send him to you just as soon as I see how it will go with me. And I trust in the Lord that I myself will come also. So I have thought it necessary to send to you Epaphroditus, my brother, my fellow worker, and fellow soldier, and your messenger and minister to my need. and that I may be less anxious. So receive him in the Lord with all joy, and honor such men, for he nearly died for the work of Christ, risking his life to complete what was lacking in your service to me. Finally, my brothers, rejoice in the Lord. To write the same things to you is no trouble for me, and is safe for you. Look out for the dogs. Look out for the evildoers. Look out for those who mutilate the flesh. For we are the circumcision who worship by the Spirit of God and glory in Christ Jesus and put no confidence in the flesh. Though I myself have reason for confidence in the flesh. If anyone thinks he has reason for confidence in the flesh, I have more. the righteousness from God that depends on faith. That I may know Him and the power of His resurrection and may share in His sufferings, becoming like Him in His death, that by any means possible I may attain the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already obtained this or am perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus had made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. I press on toward the goal of the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Let those of us who are mature think this way. And if anyone and if anything you think otherwise God will reveal that also to you. Only let us hold true to what we have attained. Brothers, join in imitating me and keep your eyes on those who walk according to the example you have in us. For many of whom I have often told you and now tell you even with tears walk as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their end is destruction, their God is their belly, and they glory in their shame with minds set on earthly things. But our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await a Savior the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly bodies to be like His glorious body by the power that enables Him even to subject all things to Himself. Therefore, my brothers, whom I love and I long for, stand firm thus in the Lord my Beloved. I entreat Eodia and I entreat Syntyche to agree in the Lord. Yes, I ask you, true companion, help these women who have labored side by side with me in the gospel, together with Clement and all the rest of my fellow workers, whose names are written in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. and me practice these things and the God of peace will be with you I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at length you have revived your concern for me you were indeed concerned for me but you had no opportunity not that I am speaking of being in need for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content i know how to be brought low i know how to abound in any and every circumstance i have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger abundance and need i can do all things through him who strengthens me yet it was kind of you to share in my trouble and you philippians yourself know that at the beginning of the gospel When I left Macedonia, no church entered into partnership with me in giving and receiving except you only. Even in Thessalonica, you sent me help for my needs once again. Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that increases to your credit. I have received full payment and more. I am well supplied having received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent, a fragrant offering, a sacrifice, acceptable and pleasing to God. And my God will supply every need of yours according to His riches, and glory in Jesus Christ. To our God and Father, be glory forever and ever. Amen. Greet every saint in Christ Jesus, the brothers who are with me greet you. All the saints greet you. Especially of Caesar's household. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. This is the word of the Lord and God's people said, Amen. I had fun. We will continue to break down this letter through the rest of the fall, leading up to the holidays. And now, as God's people, we respond to God's Word in prayer. Maybe something stood out to you as I read that. You should write that down. Maybe talk to God later today, or with a friend as we respond to the hearing of God's Word. And now, we will invite the worship team to come back up, and we will sing. We will sing to God for who He is and what He has done. And, church, that as well should bring us great joy. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for entrusting it to us. We thank you for how useful it is for us. God, even the washing over of your word, how it can transform our minds to help us think properly. It, can trans- it will then transform our hearts. To live properly, to be at a heart conformed more to the image of your Son. God, we thank you that we get to do this uh, as your people. God, would it continue to be on our hearts and our minds as we continue to allow it to wash over us, to transform us. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.